Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name's David Pembroke, and thanks for joining me once again for this very special edition of In Transition, the podcast dedicated to examining the practice of content marketing in government. Today, we speak to the founder of the Content Marketing Institute and someone who has had an incredible impact on my professional life, Mr. Joe Polizzi. To explain myself, I will start with a story, but before I do that, I will begin today's episode as we do each week with our definition of content marketing as it relates to government. Our definition, which is a respectful adaptation of the Content Marketing Institute's definition, is as follows. Content marketing is a strategic and measurable business process that relies on the curation, creation, and distribution of valuable, relevant, and consistent content to engage and inform a clearly defined audience with the objective of driving a desired citizen or stakeholder action. Ladies and gentlemen, that is content marketing and don't let anyone ever try to convince you of anything else. So to my story, I want to take you back, way back to 1997. I just finished 10 of the happiest years of my life working as a current affairs journalist for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. I'd loved my time as a reporter, particularly my time as a political correspondent in the Federal Parliamentary Press Gallery in Canberra, which is the Australian equivalent of the White House Press Corps. But it was time for me to do other things. So there I was, 10 years experience as a current affairs reporter. I studied at one of Australia's leading business schools at the University of New South Wales, where I'd achieved an undergraduate degree in commerce with a marketing major. I'd worked for the American multinational 3M for three years, marketing audio and video cassettes. And before that, I'd worked for many years in my family's hotel business. So my future was going to be something that combined business, marketing, and journalism. Now, during my research about what was next, I started to read about this futuristic notion that one day in the not-too-distant future, video, audio, stills, text, and graphics, which was then being referred to as content, would soon be able to be distributed across telephone lines by a technology called broadband. Computer monitors would become like television screens and everyone would be able to create and distribute high-quality content. It was a compelling vision, so I named the company The Content Group and set out to use my journalism skills to create content that would tell the stories of our clients in order that they could achieve their business objectives. Now, it was a good idea at the time, but the promise of the technology was in the future and it wasn't then. So for 10 years, we stumbled and bumbled along and really just morphed into more of a strategic communications agency as we waited for the promise of that future to arrive. So fast forward 10 years to 2007. I was sitting in my office surfing the web when I came across a presentation given by a guy named Joe Polizzi from the Content Marketing Institute to an audience in all places of somewhere in Eastern Europe. Dressed in orange with a big grin on his face, Joe's presentation 
was the single most compelling and articulate explanation of the business process that he called content marketing. From that moment on, I was hooked. I read everything that I could. I devoured his books. I read his blogs and have become an avid follower, dare I say it, a disciple of Joe Polizzi and the Content Marketing Institute. Now, as I sit here at Content Group, another eight years on from that moment of discovery of the Content Marketing Institute, with a thriving business with a healthy seven-figure turnover, an annual growth rate in excess of 30%, 13 full-time employees, and many, many more contractors, it's perhaps best that I say a very public thank you to Mr. Joe Polizzi. Joe Polizzi, thanks for joining me in Transition. Oh, I am totally humbled by that introduction. That is, I didn't know a good portion of that story. That's fantastic. Well, there you go. It's it, Love it. it. You, that's what you did. That is the impact <laughs> that you have had. Well, who who would have thought that it all started with one blog post on uh, April 26, 2007? And just because I remember that one really well, it was called Why Content Marketing. It basically was my mission statement for why I'm going to now going to call this industry that we're in that's so confusing to everyone content marketing. And luckily it worked out for both of us, it sounds like. So that's just and you've been a great supporter all the way along. So this is just, you know, we're all in this together. We, we I'm just glad to see that it's we're finally at a point where we're making change happen. Well, well it, it certainly is. But I just want to take you back to that 2007. Where did you get that clarity from? Because that was the thing that really came to me that moved me that I was working in this space, trying to piece it all together. And I remember going home to my wife thinking, this guy's cracked the code. He's worked it out. How is it that you came to understand it clearer than anybody else on earth? Well, I'll tell my own little story that, you know, I started in publishing in the year 2000. So I started working at a, you know, large um, independent international trade publishing company called Penton Media. And I was, I started as as an account manager. So I was working uh, with advertisers that wanted to do storytelling. They wanted to do webinars. They wanted to do custom magazines, newsletters, and we created the content and executed those projects for them. It was unfortunate for Penton, but I guess fortunate for me that Penton went through some really rough times in 2001, as you could possibly imagine. They were heavy into trade shows. The trade show business after 9-11 just sunk to the ground. And they lay, I, when I started at Penton, there were eight people between myself and the chief executive officer of the company. And 18 months later, I was reporting to the CEO. And that was, it wasn't because I was masterful or smart. It's because I was cheap, uh, I think was the biggest thing. And, uh, and so 18 months later, I was running Penton Custom Media and I was the sales guy. I was all business development. So I moved from account management all the way to biz dev. And as I'm going out and meeting with chief marketing officers, I'm throwing, David, I'm throwing everything that I could think of from it, custom publishing, custom content, custom media, customer media, branded content, you name it. I'm trying everything just to get them to light up a little bit and, and to have some kind of a connection with what I'm trying to tell them or sell them. And nothing, David, nothing worked. And then when I started to, it's it probably the end of 2001 that I started to throw content marketing out there. That was the one that resonated. Right. They they didn't know necessarily what it was, but they said, "Oh, it, marketing. Well, I'm a marketer, so it must be you know must be me. I, that that seems relevant to me." And then you say, "Oh yeah, content marketing. That makes sense. It's such a simple term, such a simple phrase that people started to get it." And that's when I realized, "Uh huh, this is it. That's the hook. Is all around content marketing." 
And although we couldn't unfortunately change our name from Penton Custom Media to anything else, it really didn't matter. We used content marketing in a lot of the conversations we had. And then, of course, in 2007, when I decided to leave and start what is now Content Marketing Institute, I went all in content marketing. I said, there's no way that that's not going to be the term and really did believe if we used content marketing mm. ourselves, if we evangelized using the, the premise that we really believe that giving value and build an audience over time using this term called content marketing, that that would be the accepted term. And I just believed it deep down in my heart. I got to tell you, though, David, there were a couple of times when I was like, oh, my God, the business is hurting. I might have to go like get a real job yeah. somewhere. <laughs> this is the 2009 time period. But when but then, when it, when did you get right. to the point though around the the strategic element of the content marketing? Because for me, yes, there are the tactical elements of the webinars and the trade shows and the books and all the other bits and pieces there. But the the real majesty of content marketing is the fact that it is a strategic, repeatable, accountable business process. You know, as the definition at the top of the program says. When did you make that link between the actual activity? And that strategic planning element, which is really grounded, I suppose, in traditional strategic communication thinking. You know, it's a, I'm a big fan of Don Schultz. So father of integrated marketing. I read all of Don's stuff. I've met with I, I loved him so much. I had called him and, and I was coming into Chicago and I said, Don, would you meet with me? He didn't know me from Adam, but he was, he was nice enough to meet with me. And then I met with him several times since then. And that's it's just a very strategic communications process. And it was Don. What I loved about what Don said, and I actually have an article from him that was in B2B Magazine in the year 2003, and he said, here's what's happening and what's going to happen. He said, everything that we do as companies will be able to be duplicated except for how we communicate. So basically, he said, the only differentiation we have is how we communicate, and that's our content. That's what we create. And as I took that into some of the things that I was writing and how I pitched this and how I put presentations together, I mean, I was, I was working on, on a book at the same time, and it was in 2007 when the book came together, Get Content, Get Customers. It was, it was deeply embedded into that. I mean, Get Content, Get Customers it talks all about looking at content as a strategic asset in the organization. I mean, even before that, in 2003, we did a research project at Penton Media uh, when we and we was it was a marketing initiative, and we looked at it and we tried to compare who was who was actively using content marketing in their businesses right now, and compared that to stock price from public companies. Okay, and we actually found that there was a lot of value that there was more value there. It was it was just hard to find the examples back then, but from the beginning, David, probably two thousand five, two thousand six, into the book in two thousand seven, two thousand eight really believe that that's the only way to look at it. And we don't look at it as just, oh, I'm going to do a blog or I'm going to do a white paper, very tactical. It was always about the strategic because, I mean, you do this too. We're trying to sell long-term programs here. I'm not trying to sell a six-month or a one-year program. I'm I want you to do content marketing forever. I want you to commit yeah. to it as an asset in the organization. Now, that means we change it every day. That means we want feedback every day. But that means we are, like you said in your definition, consistency. Over time, it's a promise to your customers that we have to keep, and that's the only way to do content marketing. Now, our audience for the In Transition podcast is very much in the government space, and it's my very firm belief that content marketing is the future of government communication. There's absolutely no question in my mind, and I know the CMI is very much focused on the, the B2B and the B2C 
uh, space, but certainly it's growing and it's emerging. But one of the big challenges we do have is getting government people to accept that they are in the, the marketing business and that they have to, this notion of content marketing in government, it, it does jar with some people, but we're certainly holding the line very heavily. We're not going to invent another name for government. It's going to be called content marketing. And do you believe um, from what you know and understand that that you would agree with me that that it can be applied just as equally with government as it can in B2C and B2B? Well, let me ask you this. Are there human beings that work in government? <laughs> if, they, yeah. if, they, if there are human beings that work in government, we're trying to market. And, the, you know, it's interesting. I know there's differences. You know there's differences because you, I mean, you're the experts around the world when it comes to government content marketing. But the issue is, is that whether it's B2B, B2C, not-for-profit, B2G, yeah. whatever, you're you're always marketing to a person. Yeah. And that person has uh, emotions and they also have a rational side, but they want, they're, they're desiring something from you. They want to solve their problems. They want to do things better. They want to live better lives, get better jobs, whatever that is. And you as an organization can help them do that. It's probably no better than the government space because you're really trying to compel them to make a political decision in a lot of ways from that side of it, if you're looking at the citizen side of it, or if you're looking for the B2B side, that's really, really hardcore business to business model. If you're looking at, you know, I'm trying to sell into government, something like that. That's a, that's You can make the lines straight across to B2B. So absolutely, I don't think there's a difference. The issue is, I think, is change. I mean, to, to make content marketing happen, is really talking about a cultural change. And that's yeah. why even in the new book, uh, in my new book, Content Inc., where we looked at really startups and small businesses, it's easier for them to make this change because you have a CEO or a content champion in a small organization saying, yes, we feel we should do this. We feel we should actually not sell so much to our customers, but build really valuable relationships and deliver them value every day. And ultimately, they'll know, like, and trust us more, and then they'll buy more from us. Hmm. That's a very much easier decision for an entrepreneur or a small business owner to make because there's no red tape. It's just that person making that decision. As you get to an, into a bigger and bigger organization, or an older culture, let's say a company that's been around 10, 20, 50 years that have been doing things the same old way, it's very, very hard to get that change to move. And that's the thing. It's not like, it's not a resources issue. It's not an investment issue. It's not a people issue. It's a change issue. And that comes right down to culture. But this, yeah, but it's also around education. And again, uh, a big plug up front to, to CMI, to everyone out there listening to this podcast, get onto the Content Marketing Institute, become part of the family, become part of the community <laughs> and start to learn and educate yourself about the process. Come to Content Group as well, but I you know, defer to the Content Marketing Institute because really that is you know, the single source of truth around a lot of the content with content marketing in government. And I know, like I'm convinced and I know it, and we're seeing it in our business. You know, we're seeing the growth, we're seeing the movement, we're seeing the pilot projects, Joe, which I know are another favorite of yours. We're starting to see them start to take place. So it is going to happen and we're going to go along on this ride together. But the reason that I've got you on the podcast today, other than to say a big thank you for what you've done for Content Group over the years, is to let the audience know 
about this little thing called content marketing world that is on in two weeks' time in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I'm coming for the fifth year in a row. Uh, and I I'm know. Re- and I, 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 I'm, five years, it's hard to believe. Yeah, it, it is. Five it, it's five years. But I'd just like you to give a, a bit of a background as to content marketing world and this event and maybe a little bit of the history of, of content marketing world. I think the first time that you and I met was when I gave a a book. I think it was uh, Managing Content Marketing, which was Robert Rosen, my new book out to the person that traveled the furthest. Yeah, that's right. And it was you. It was. (laughs) It was. I couldn't get there there fast enough. And and and, And the reason I've got you on today is because attending Content Marketing World has changed my life and it's changed my business. And I want people who are listening to this to get there. And to and to get involved and to educate themselves and because they will learn, they will become much more effective in their jobs if they can come to content marketing world. Now, I'm not getting paid to say that. I'm just telling people, and that's why I want you on this podcast to explain to them and to give us a bit of an outline of what we can expect this year. Because again, as I say, five years in a row, it costs me thousands of dollars every year to travel and everything else to get there and pay the fees and all the rest of it, but it is so worthwhile. So what's going to happen this year? Well, first of all, thank you for your loyalty. It certainly means a lot uh, as you come in every year. And we've got quite a contingent this year actually coming in from Asia Pacific, which is just fantastic. So this is our fifth year. Uh, We started in 2011. We were hoping, I remember we were hoping for 100 to 150 people, 660 showed up that year. This year, we're going to be well over 3,000 delegates from 50 different countries coming in September 8th through 11th. I think there's a couple reasons if you're considering going. First of all, it's the education, which is critical, as you said. Is it's If you need to be educated on any part of the content marketing process, from documenting your strategy to specific parts of multi-channel communication, uh, to integrating it with your paid media program, to native advertising, to whatever the issues, to staffing, um, to workflow, to process, we have it. So 11 concurrent sessions will be going on over every possible area that you can think of. So from the education standpoint, it's I think the total, we have 237 total speakers, 123 hours of programming. Like So it's unbelievable how big it's gone because I remember the, the first year, David, I think we had three tracks. So yep. now we have 11 tracks going on that covers everything you could possibly imagine. Um, so that's the one thing. The Of course, we've got amazing keynotes this year from John Cleese from Monty Python fame. If you're familiar with Parks, the show Parks and Recreation, Nick Offerman's going to be there closing keynote. We've got Bare Naked Ladies as our concert uh, for networking. And that's the other thing that I think you and I have seen probably. I mean, the education is important, but what blows me away every year is the networking and the camaraderie and the fact that you're going meeting with people who really believe in this thing called content marketing, and they're really working it. I mean, these are the ones that are doing the work, that are learning. And what I love to see when delegates come in from all countries all over the world is you meet up with people that are going through the exact same challenges you are, and that support system is is built. I mean, you and I, have we've been able to get amazing friendships and uh, camaraderie with these people that we wouldn't have had the chance to meet in the first place, but we're all getting there. And there's, we, of course, give plenty of opportunities, and there's a wonderful exhibit hall with 100 exhibitors that will be in there, so the latest technology and all that stuff. But my, you know, that will all be there like a regular conference, but I love the fact that first-class education, you can't beat that. The second thing is 
the networking and meeting some people that you'll never have a chance to meet that you will leave with relationships that will surprise you <laughs> and they will be valuable to you for years and years to come. So that's, I mean, that's, that's sort of my pitch. It is expensive if you're coming in from, uh, from, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not well in, 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 the, know, con- it, in it, the context of what you learn, I would pay double, triple. And, and well, I'm raising the price. My friend. <laughs> but you're, I, actually, I, you're, you're right. I mean, if you're looking at, I mean, we, we look at it like a master's degree. Like if you're going in and you're yeah. getting that kind of, uh, I think, you know, basically you can go for a thousand dollars us if you really wanted to go for the two days. Now, the issue is like, if you, depending on where you're listening from, if you're in North America, it's easy. Uh, if you're coming in from Europe, not so bad. If you're coming in from uh, from Canberra or Sydney, you know, it's a little bit more of a hike. I mean, I've done that trip a few times. It's not the easiest trip in the world. But I know you've got listeners all over the world uh, listening to this podcast. So, yeah, you're right. I think that if you value it and you care about the future of marketing and you care about your role in marketing, you yeah. should care about coming to the Well, conference. see, that's the thing. I think it's it really is about learning and being able to come away with – I come away every year – with dozens of insights. And I'm in this, you know, been in this business now for a long, long time. And I come away every year thinking, ah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Oh, that's an interesting way of doing things. And there is so much. And there's not a specific government track, but there will be in the years to come as we start to build through. Next year. Great. Next year. I need your help with that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to build that out. So, (laughs) but again, this is part of one of the other things I really want to commend you on is the way and the very personal way that you and Pam, your wife, who's your partner in the business and the rest of the CMI team, you're so friendly and it's, it's not impersonal. It's, it's a very personal experience. And I know that everyone, and I know it's now getting to the, to the thousands, but I think We've all been sort of infected with the CMI virus and we all sort of come together in a way where it's a, it is like a coming together of the tribe of the family on an annual basis. And it, it's an uplifting and it's a very warm experience. So I'd like to congratulate you and commend you on that. But has that been a specific thing that you've done or is it just the way that you are? Well, I think, the, first of all, thank you. But the, the thing that always concerned me and I've been in the event business for 15 years, so I, I know it better than most things. And when, I, when an event grows, I always get concerned about the impersonal nature when an event gets to a certain size. Yeah. And I, we always vowed not to make that happen. We're very cognizant of it because we want this to be a cl- as close a knit group as it was five years ago, even though we've you know quadrupled the size of it. Can we continue to have that close feeling? And it's all about the little things, David. I mean, I can't tell you how many lists we have going on here of things, you know, certain people need certain things. We know this about this person. We've got to deliver this to that person on this day. Yeah. We've got to introduce these people. It's just, a, it's a, we know that to make change happen in these organizations, introductions have to be made. People need to feel a certain way. I believe in, in you have to have an entertainment factor because if somebody's having fun, they're more likely to learn. And I've always believed that ever since I was teaching back 20 years ago. So those types of things are important. And, you know, you see it. I mean, these the, our, our team just cares. Yeah. They just flat they out care about the yep. people. They care about the industry. And when you have that much, um, that much pride in what you do and that much caring and sensitivity over the art that we call the event business and the content marketing industry, good things are going to happen. And 
that's how we treat it every year. And you know, this is my baby. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> this is this is the thing that I do. I do the agenda every year, and I don't do much for the organization anymore besides <laughs> the fact that I work on that agenda from start of. I mean, I'm already working on next year's agenda, believe it or not, which okay. is crazy to me. So, so give us some insights into that strategic thinking for this year. When you were sitting down, what were the problems that you were seeing that needed to be addressed at this year's conference? So a couple of things. First of all, it's a horrible shame that the majority of marketers do not have a documented content marketing strategy. In a lot, a lot of cases, there's two reasons why. First, they don't know how to do it. That we can teach them. The second thing is they don't know why content is important for their own organization. And that's just a learning process that they have to figure out. They don't even know what it's going to move, how you're going to affect your audience, who is the audience, those types of things. So we've got to make sure we not only give the building blocks for how to get to a documented strategy, but once you get that and you have all the information, how do you actually proceed? And then how do you evolve that document ongoing? So we've got tons of sessions on that. Measurement is always a huge issue. So now we've got a measurement track this year. Robert Rose, of course, is overseeing that one. And I feel really strong about making sure that you will clearly understand and set the right metrics for your organization as you go. And I think lots of other things. But the third thing that I would say, David, is the thing that upsets me most is the positioning around content marketing ROI or metrics or measurement, whatever you want to call it around things that don't matter, uh, around likes and fans and followers and and things that I don't, website traffic that I really don't care about for the most part, unless it's changing yeah, behavior, I, I, unless I, it's changing behavior. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know if I totally agree with you on that because I, I think that they can be, you know, they, they're not a, you know, an absolute, but I think- No, no, no. I, no know, it's, they it's, they it's, are a contributor. Me, correct. But look at it this way. They're, they're lower level indicators. Sure. They can indicate- behavioral change, yeah. but you have to take the next step. The concern is, and you see this with a lot of media planners, I've seen it forever, they'll only look at engagement metrics and they won't take it the next step. So what we're trying to do is get people to take the next step. Great. You got some web traffic, you got some likes, you got some followers. That's great. What does that mean? Why is that happening? I need you to ask the questions to take the next step. So what I really want to look at is audience building. This is really, really form form. I, I want, I mean, there's no holy grail metric when it comes to content marketing or we're doing it for all different types of business reasons and objectives. And we've got hypotheses around that. But what I really want more than anything else is to build a loyal audience. And if I build a loyal audience, I should be able to tell how they're acting differently from somebody that's not in my audience. So that's what, I, and so we've got a lot of sessions around building audience as well as how what technology to use and some other things like that. But those are sort of the key things that we put into into the 2015 planning. And uh, I just got the research back for this year as I'm going to present it again as the yeah. opening keynote. And there's still some challenges there. So we still have a lot of work to do, but I'm hoping content marketing world is one of those things where you really spearhead it, get them into the ongoing training that we have and, uh, and have them take the next step. So in terms of people listening now, because I think they're, okay, this is valuable. I now need to go and make the case to my boss. On the Content Marketing World uh, website, there are some justifications there, aren't there, that you can go and you know write for your letter that you're going to submit or <laughs> you're going to get up from your desk now and walk in. So they can find those on contentmarketingworld.com? That's right. So there's two things. 
What is it? I love this is the thing I love just about the job that I do. One is go to Justify Your Trip. Just it's right on. So Justify Your Trip. It's on the navigation. You can download it. It's a Microsoft Word document and you can edit it however you need to. But it basically makes the case for your trip and expenses and why it's not so bad and uh, why it's going to be really important because you're going to come back and you're going to make change happen in the organization. It's going to be well worth the expense. The second thing is if you need, like, and I do this on occasion, you need me to send an email to your boss, need me to write a letter, I'll do that personally. And I still do it all the time and I love doing it. Okay. So if you need me to make a call, I'll make a call. You need me to make a Skype call, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to her. doesn't matter. I like doing that kind of stuff because I, <laughs> I figure if I can get somebody on the phone, I can sell them and I can help you do your job. So it's tough. It's tough. You got to be out of the office for a while. It's not a boondoggle. Somebody's got to make the case for you. So I'm, I'm happy to. So there's two ways if you really want to go is do the justify your trip or, you know, send me an email at joe at contentinstitute.com and let me know how I can help you. Okay. And Cleveland itself, the, I love going to Cleveland. And I remember when we first went, when I first arrived in Cleveland, I didn't really know about Cleveland and a lot of the other people who were at the conference going, oh, you know, we're in Cleveland. I come from Canberra. So people sort of think the same thing about Canberra, but it, it, it's a great city, isn't it? And it's such a warm city full of so many wonderful people. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm a Cleveland Homer. I yeah. love Cleveland. Uh, I'm one of the, the city champions, so I try to convince other people to come in and, and do their events. Um, most people, if, if if you've been to Cleveland before, then I don't need to even talk to you about it. You yeah. already know it's a great place because there's so many people that, that maybe leave and go to college. They come home, they raise their families. Cost of living is incredibly low compared to some other major cities in the United States. But it has everything that you could possibly want in a big city, but it's got a small city feel to me, but, uh, I love the downtown area, the way it's come alive. And I did, I can't say enough great things about it. I mean, I'm going to live the rest of my life here. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I could do without is the winters get awfully <laughs> chilly. So <laughs> it gets really, really cold, uh, in the winter time, we see a lot of snow. So then there, I mean, it wouldn't be odd to see, you know, 140, 160 centimeters in a, in a winter time, maybe more sometimes, but, uh, but anyways, besides, but the good news is, is that Content Marketing World is in September, and September is the best possible month yeah. ever in Cleveland. Very moderate temperatures. You get sunshine most of the time. And uh, and you know, it's, it's almost always pretty good weather when oh, you've been there. So. weather's fantastic. It's, it's beautiful weather um, for the event itself. Uh, will it always be in Cleveland? Well, <laughs> as long as I'm – now – we have to go through negotiation with the city every year in the convention yeah, okay. center. So I can't say yes every year, yeah. but you know me, I, yeah. I will. It's always my first option if it possibly can. I mean, we're getting to a point yeah. with over 3000 delegates that we have to be open to looking at other venues. I mean, we have a West coast event now that's in, we'll be in Las Vegas in March called intelligent content conference. So yeah. we have two very different conferences as that a content marketing world is the big one, but you know, I'd, I'd like to keep it in Cleveland as long as as long as we possibly can. Yeah, I'd like to keep it in Cleveland too, even though I have to travel thirty hours to get there. I just think it adds to the event. I think it's it makes me feel like I'm at content marketing world. So I just arrive, and I remember years ago, Pete uh, talking to Joe Kalinowski. Uh, and Peter uh, Lobel, two of your team there at CMI, at the first content marketing. Uh, world at an event 
Uh, you won't be surprised. It was very late at night. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> it was in that bowling alley, actually. We were in the bowling oh alley. Oh, my having, gosh, yeah. And we were having a conversation. I was saying, don't move it. I think this we've got to keep it here. You know, it's a real thing about it. So let's hope that over the years you'll be able to continue to stay there. So fantastic. I can't wait. I leave, and I'm actually coming via Washington. Quite a bit of our audience for this podcast is in Washington, and we're going to make some um, – opportunities to hook up with people there. But I'm also going to make sure that people who are listening to this podcast, please, 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 please go and make the case. Go and do the argument. Joe Polizzi has just told you he will ring your boss on your behalf to make sure you get there. Now, you can come from anywhere. There's still a few weeks to go. There's all the time in the world. And I promise you, you will remember it. You will learn from it. It will be a life-changing experience. Every year I go, it is just creates so much value that I'm able to bring back to then give to my staff and to the clients and to and to the whole content marketing community. It's growing, it's emerging, and particularly those of us who, who are in content marketing in government. We are behind. We know that. The Mary Meeker report this year told us we are at least a couple of years behind. So get there now get ahead of the curve, you will be the ones who will lead the change in government communications globally. So make sure you get to Cleveland. So please, please, please do it because it will really change your life. Now, Joe Polizzi, thank you very much. And thanks again for everything. It's been ah, just tremendous. I just Damn love it, it lo- I love the fact that we are connected. I love the fact that you have been able to teach me so much. I love the fact that you, your family and your company are so generous And it's just been great. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you very much. Well, I should be thanking you, David. So it's been your support has been unbelievable. And I appreciate this. And I don't know. I mean, I'm going to have to hire you as part of my marketing team (laughs) because you are fantastic. (laughs) Just keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, my friend. So ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Mr. Joe Polizzi, the godfather of content marketing. And can I just say, if he sounds like a good guy, I can tell you he is a good guy. And so is everyone else at the Content Marketing Institute. And the event will be special. You have to go. And I love his offer of him being able to ring your boss to make the case to get you there to Cleveland. So make sure you take him up on the offer because he will follow through and he will make that call. And it'd be great to see as many government content marketers as possible in Cleveland as we start to build out that special track that we're going to have, as Joe spoke about, next year at the 2016 Content Marketing World. Now, listen, just from my point of view, I am going to be coming to Washington, D.C. on my way to Cleveland, Ohio. And I want to see or want to meet as many of you as possible who listen to the show from Washington, D.C. So a mate of mine has suggested the Roof Bar at the Western Hotel. So how about we gather Thursday, the 3rd of September at 6 p.m. at the Roof Bar at the Western Hotel in Washington, D.C. And we can get to know each other, say hello. We haven't yet started to crank out a community where we can get the back and forward, which we will do in the weeks and months ahead. But there we go. Let's get together and just say hello to each other. Thursday, the 3rd of September, 6 p.m. at the Roof Bar at the Western Hotel in Washington, D.C. I would love to see as many of you there as possible, but also, and probably more importantly, see you in Cleveland where you will get the education that will change your life. So thanks once again for joining in. The audience is growing globally. It's fantastic. Uh, Got some great interviews coming up as well over the next couple of weeks, so make sure you don't miss out on those. And I look forward to seeing as many of you at 
in Washington, D.C. as possible on Thursday night, the 3rd of September at 6 p.m. at the Roof Bar at the Western Hotel. Now, ping me on Twitter, at David Pembroke. Uh, from now all the way through, uh, direct message me if there's other times you want to catch up. I've got a bit of time when I'm in Washington and maybe we can even do a podcast, you and I, uh, about some of the work that you're doing there in Washington, DC as well. But the social part of the occasion will be that gathering again, the date 3rd of September, Thursday, 3rd of September, 6 PM, the roof bar at the Western hotel. Thanks once again for joining in. Really do appreciate it. I know, and I hope you're getting a lot out of it. Look forward to seeing you in Cleveland, Ohio at Content Marketing World as well. Thanks very much. I'll speak to you next week. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au.